All right, welcome back to the podcast, my friends. And today on the episode, uh, I am interviewing Rob Bell about his brand new book, Where Do You Park Your Spaceship? And I know people have asked, how did this happen? And he was sharing on his own podcast about, hey, I want to come and talk about this book with people and send me an email. And so I sent him an email and that's how it happened. Yeah, kind of weird that way and definitely didn't see myself interviewing somebody like Rob Bell on the podcast. And it's kind of not even really in the genre of my podcast, but I don't know, it was an opportunity to do something different and to try something new. And so I did it. I just took the risk and sent the email. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to say no, right? Or ghost me and not respond. Anyway, we we sit down and talk about his new book. I, I talk about in the episode that I'm not a fiction reader, which is true. Like, I don't really read fiction. And part of the reason I don't is because fiction really does require a lot and as somebody who's ADHD with artistic tendencies um, you know on the spectrum it's a lot of like we tend to be in our head a lot and we tend to think through our feelings rather than feel our feelings and that's because feeling them feels like chaos and when you already have uh, when you're there's already already a lot of noise in your head the last thing you want to do is just oh, I'm going to sit here and be quiet with my feelings Uh, because, yeah, like I need more stuff going on inside of me, right? I already am hypersensitive to everything that's going on around me, sights and sounds and feelings and smells. and, And then to add feelings on top of it is sometimes extremely overwhelming. So I try to just avoid fiction altogether. But I really like Rob Bell's work, and so I thought, I'll just give this a try. And I I will warn you, it's a big book. Like, it's 500 pages. Uh, I ended up getting both the audiobook and the paperback because once I saw how big the paperback was, I'm like, I can't stay focused long enough. I need need to do the audio, and I'm really glad that I did. I feel like I need to go back and listen to it again, but one of the things... In the episode, he he made a comment that I think has helped me. He was talking about the difference between writing nonfiction and re- writing fiction, and that you don't really plan, if you're writing fiction, you don't really plan on wh- where it's going to go. You kind of just let the story unfold. Whatever comes up, that's what goes on the paper. And as I'm working on my own uh, creative nonfiction uh, manuscript, I realize that's why I'm stuck. I'm trying to, as I'm sharing stories, I'm I'm trying to force the direction of the story rather than just letting it happen the way it's, it's supposed to happen. So I felt like that, as I was reflecting on the interview and the things that he said, I'm like, well, that really helps me, my own writing process. So I think... Even if you didn't read the book, I think you're going to get a lot out of it. But I do want to encourage you to go out and get the book, especially for those of you who've been listening, who are doing deconstructing. I found that this book was helping me to process stuff in a very different way um, than probably 
I would have processed re- if I would have been reading, or I, well, I have been reading a lot of books on deconstruction that are nonfiction. And I feel like this book helped me process some of that, even though it was fiction. And it really has, the book isn't specifically written for people who are deconstructing, but it is written for people who are grieving or people who are transitioning from one phase of life to the next. Uh, Please excuse my dog who is eating a box while I'm recording this intro. Anyway, get a copy of the book. You will love it. It's great. I hope he writes another one. We've been trying to tell better stories about women and clergy and the church because we really need to tell better stories. Instead of just complaining about it, what if we flood the airwaves with something different? Okay, so let's do it. Uh, hey, I am not a fiction reader. Like I, I've read a lot of your stuff. And uh, matter of fact, I think the first thing that I read was Velvet Elvis. That's going um, way back. That's going way back. I haven't read everything, but I read a lot of stuff. And uh, and so like I heard you got a new book out. I'm like, oh, cool. New book. And then I'm like, it's a novel. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really like fiction. Well, he's a good storyteller. It'll be all right. Then I get the book and it's 500 pages. And I'm like, this better not suck. <laughs> it is really good. It is really good. I don't read fiction. And I'm like. Apparently you do now. We're gonna I do now. That statement. Yeah. And like, first of all, I just want to say this. It is really well written. Like, like I think, I, I feel like fiction to write is hard, but like man, you're like, your literature is on point in this book. And so that, that was my first thought. And the second thought was, cause I remember reading, um, when I read everything is spiritual and when, when you wrote that book and I thought, I feel like this is like the end of something. Mm. And I'm like, well, now what's he going to do? Cause like, like, you're not going to write another love wins. You're not going to write another velvet Elvis. Like it like felt like it was like the end of this era. And I'm like, well, now what's he going to like, where's he going to go from here? And then when I read this one, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like Isn't it was interesting like interesting how it strangely makes perfect sense. Right. In the most upside down counterintuitive sort of way. You're yeah. like, wait, what? Huh? And then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it was like, oh, of course he would write this next. <laughs> like this makes sense, right. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, what I, one of the things I really appreciated was how you, especially like early on in the book, you, like you tag backwards to a lot of your work. You know, like I hear references to some stuff that you did. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not aware of that. What's interesting in the storytelling. Oh, really? That's why part of the fun of doing these interviews is people being like, oh, I see, I see what's going on there. And I'm, oh, do tell me because it only works to set aside any like point making that doesn't work. Cause you, the reader, like a, a movie where the it's clear what the message is, you're like, Oh God, please. We'd say it's on the nose or it's so literal or it's like heavy handed. 
right so it only works almost like a connection with the subconscious you're just caught up in something and you're just following it and then later like talking with somebody like you oh yeah i mean some of the things I, i'm like oh yeah that i know where i get that but most yeah. of it i'm like i can't it's like not the gear you can't be in that gear to come up to follow the story of like this is my point here doesn't work no oh, yeah that is interesting because i would have just assumed you, you did that on purpose like the trampolines oh yeah completely just I don't I don't know why uh, what are the, what's in this tube uh oh a whole bunch of trampolines well yeah, I would never have connected that with Velvet Elvis I think maybe somebody it, it literally takes somebody else to point it out to be like oh trampolines that's a thing what well that so that opening scene in Velvet Elvis right where you're mm -hmm. you're talking about mm -hmm. the trampolines but then you're in this tube in this story I hope I hope people Go out and read the book now because otherwise this won't make it's sense. Fun. But it's like I know. you just gotta go all the way into the inside baseball for your right? listeners. You just gotta you go into inside baseball and then just have people enjoy listening <laughs> to a story they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You're in this tube, you're transitioning from one place of life to the next, which I don't know, for me it connected. I'm like, oh, I see, I see where he's going with this, which obviously did not matter. <laughs> because <laughs> well, it's interesting now that you say that what he's struck with is how there's some sort of grief deep in his bones that he did not leave behind he almost yeah. has this like moment of jealousy with the other it's like he's realizing early on oh i have all this ungrieved grief um, but he notices it as like a gravity a feeling but can't he can't right. make the connection? He just has the sense like they have a lightness I don't. Right. It's too too early, too young, too whatever whatever it is where we we might know something conceptually, but actually integrating it. Well, for him, obviously, like you yeah, know, decades. Of, <laughs> yeah. What yeah. Is really, that's a really interesting. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean mm -hmm. by the subconscious. All these. Uh, your your deeper self is is pulling all sorts of imagery that it's like well, maybe right. that's how a dream works like how did my i was asleep and it, how did how in the world did some part of me take that person and that image and that event and that substance and put them all in the same scene what right and yet it means something right okay now i, I listened to the episode we talked a little bit about where you came from but will you tell that story because i i i love that story of like where did this come from <laughs> Yeah, where do, where do any ideas? Well, yeah, from? but um, uh, yeah, like in the middle of the night, um, somewhere between you know that you're not fast asleep and you're not fully awake. You're almost like somewhere in between, like this image of a guy asking this other guy, "Where'd you park your spaceship?" And I remember immediately, well, how does this guy feel about this question? Oh, he does not like this question. That came in really strong. Oh, and then there's like a little notepad in the clothes closet where I would jot, like, don't forget the eggs. And I remember just writing it down in the morning. Where'd you park your spaceship? This guy, what's that guy's name? Keen Grubers with a dash after the G-U-R-U. What's the other guy's name? Dill Tud. Oh, fascinating. Well, wait, spaceship, are they not on earth? No, where are they? Firdus. Well, how do you spell it? F-I-R-D. That went on for weeks. 
until like that little notebook was just full. And I had had, I had written some books, so I knew how much you need to start writing. It was like a moment right. when you can start typing. And this was also interesting because I had loose ideas up ahead of where it would go, but it was probably, well, now that I think about it, or I probably just had something a couple weeks ago differently. I probably had 10% or something, 13% of what I thought would happen. And then the rest is discovery. That's what made each day. So my other books, I know where it's landing. Right. Like I, it's almost like a thesis or an argument. Idea A, idea B, idea C. And they have to flow together and the one has to follow the other. So it's a very particular kind of uh, cognitive. Your brain is working in a very particular way because it's trying to line up all these concepts and so that they all. So this was like a completely, this was the opposite of that. This was like getting lost in something. Yeah, it was, it was like oddly enough, com like coming home in a way. It's so that powerful. Yeah, so that scene with Heens and, and Dil Tud, Dil Tud asking him that question, right? So that was like where you started from and then everything kind of. Yeah, yeah. So here's what's interesting. So so that guy asked the guy a question. So then it goes in like a concentric circles. It goes, it went backwards. Well, how did we get to that moment? And then, well, how did he respond? What happens next? And I'm telling you the first time, where is it? The first time I got the proof back of and held it in my hand. And I remember going through it. And when I got to that question, it's like spatially, like the middle. Of right. It. I mean, that's just, just, whew. <laughs> yeah. Once again, I, I, I no longer know how things work. I'm right. just here for the ride. I'm just here. I'm just along for the ride. Unknowing, not knowing is my friend. <laughs> uh, um, so I was, cause I was talking to another author a few days ago and she was talking about writing out of lived experience, which just following your other work and, and listening to the podcast and stuff. So you can kind of tell that a lot of this is coming out of um, lived experience. So like how, I guess I'm curious, like how much of this is lived experience and how much are you pulling in from other things? Or is it just like a well, like a well coming up from within? Like how, how does that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's in many ways, I have no idea. I mean, like Kristen, like would read it and be like, "Oh yeah, I see where you got. I, I remember where you got that. Like that joke or that thing about architecture." I could probably go through and there are things where I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's." I could kind of see what I was sometimes just explicitly what I'm drawing on. And a friend of mine was like. She's like, is, is such and such character named after me? And I was like, no. And then I thought about it and I was like, oh, it is literally like the spelling and the, the what that character's, oh yeah, I guess that, but I didn't even see that. Yeah. So I, so it's very, it's very hard to explain. It's like, I, I don't know. Like they say in dream interpretation, some people would say every, every character in a dream is some aspect of yourself. Right. So you think it's your grandma, your third grade teacher, or some guy down the street, but it's all just aspects of your own self. And actually a right. friend of mine started reading it 
and was trying to figure out which character I was and got so frustrated. He said he just stopped reading it and, and just walked away, just refused to read it for a while. <laughs> and he sent me this great email where he's like, I was just like, ah, just, just, just ugh, enough of this. And then later picked it up and was like, oh, all the characters or he just had to like, that was like the wrong question he discovered to be asking. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. And obviously there's all sorts of grief. A lot of people have pointed out in the book sadness that. Yeah, I would say ungrieved grief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was very upset with you about Goja. <laughs> mm, I was too. <laughs> oh, man. He broke my heart. I was invested in that character. So was I. Wow. And you just, it, it just flowed that way. You just felt like that it, where um, I had to go? I, I don't know what I, how would I say it? Uh, I think for years I've gone around the world telling everybody everything's going to be fine. Mm. And... Everything's great. Look at this. Look at the upside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, new birth, new life, uh, rebirth. And there was something was like, no, sometimes people die. Yeah. And there's no reason. And there's in the moment, there's no upside. It's just they're gone. I think mm -hmm. there was something, something almost like a counter to earlier Rob's. Like, yeah, yeah, that was great. Very helpful. Very helpful. Also, this happens yeah yeah probably some yeah probably me giving myself permission to have it not resolve yeah not have it just hurt mm -hmm. and not like the the, the spiritual teacher impulse is to stand like a half step outside of the experience and to be showing you this is the pattern this is what's happening orientation disorientation reorient whatever the whatever the thing right. is you're trying to help people this is how you walk through this this is how this works this is an ancient tradition here's a psalm here's a poem here's Rumi. like and i think something about it for me was healing the uh how'd i say it i i my work was very meaningful and satisfying over the years but that spiritual teacher role also has an element of separation lurking in it like I remember after 9-11, when everybody's just sort of melting down, like what is happening in the world? On Sunday, I got up and gave a sermon. Like, here's how we walk through this. Here's how we... So in some ways, it can very subtly cut you off from the human experience because you're in it already noticing everybody else's feeling. But like I, the number of funerals I went to where everybody's wrecked and my job was to go in and bring bring a funeral service out of this and help people you know what i mean right like, so i talked I, I honestly i, I joke person <laughs> i joke like i'm become a civilian now <laughs> like yeah i think that i think that's all happening you know it's all that's probably i think it's probably in the it's in the spaces between the words in the book yeah <clears throat> yeah um well, I've been doing a, a series on here on deconstruction and since I'm doing that, all that stuff myself. And, and so as I'm reading through this and you're just that theme of, of grief, I'm like, uh, you don't realize how much grief is involved in all of this. Yeah. 
but then we get to the, you got to that scene where there's this breaking all the sticks. Oh, when he's right, he's just so bad. Autopilot. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's that too. Right. And right. And he, it's, it's very amorphous for him. He doesn't even quite know what he's so angry about. Right. And he, then he tells you about this training he had where it turns out you can just push a button and the spaceship flies. It's like, he's just, he's like feeling. And yeah. actually that's one of the things I noticed that I started to really like, oh, he starts to feel after decades of numb. But when he starts to feel, like actually connect with his heart and feel, he doesn't feel like a warm universal embrace of all living creatures. He feels supernatural irritation at this guy, Dill Tud, and this, he just, and ain't like what he feel like if you want to wake up and feel you're probably going to feel all the feels that's all part right? of it and he's just like just raging with these sticks in this path somewhere in the canyon <laughs> just like is this what feeling is i think maybe numb no wonder i like to be numb yeah what <laughs> so what surprised you the most about writing this book versus any of the others The, I had to give myself so much permission mm. and the trap is literally going around the world, giving people permission slips, follow your heart, innovate, see where it leads and how much I needed that. Like almost like this boy, this very innocent, sincere, earnest boy going, this story is coming in so with such joy and force can I, is it okay if I just follow it can I just write it can I just see where it goes I don't even know who I'm asking but like that and then it the other books a couple hours each morning and then I was cooked that sort of brain that then I was like can I go out and play <laughs> like then I would do other things so but this was like I'd drop my daughter at, off at school and go home and write and all of a sudden it'd be time to pick her up Wow. It was almost like rediscovering, absolutely rediscovering writing, but it was something about sitting down and I didn't know where we would go that day. Like when he mm -hmm. falls and breaks his jaw and can't talk, I was like, wait, <laughs> did I just have my main character lose the ability to speak? For How many pages is this going to go on? That, I didn't see that coming. So I didn't know there was... I just never had a creative experience with that kind of surprise and joy that was pulling things out of me. Or like when uh, Nunye gives her bread is magic speech in the ravine. Mm. That was like, I think that was probably three or four days of just being in the ravine. And like, and then the kid Dune picks a girl and it's Kixie Fluger. Why is that a big deal? Oh, because Kixie used to be with Dune and Dune used to be... So Lines is explaining to Heen the high school romance triangles. I, I'm, that's all just sort of happening. Mm -hmm. And Noon, even her speech, even the speech that she does, it's somewhere between you're creating it and you're finding out what it is that I had no, was like, it made me feel like everything I'd done was a warm up. 
very it was a very surreal feeling like oh my word this is i could do oh what a, that was a lovely first chapter with all that just to get <laughs> get ready for this i mean it really did my in my head it was and my heart was like who knew this was going to appear what in the world yeah yeah so huh. i think some of what i've people have told me they've picked up in the story where it twists and turns in these characters yeah that's what it felt like to me too hmm. that's actually why it's so fun and easy to talk about is it's almost like i'm talking about it like you talk about it like one interviewer was like hold on hold on I had to stop the interview he was like you're talking about these characters like you didn't create them <laughs> he's like my he's like my head's gonna explode you keep talking like you just love that part i do i love that character i love that part i didn't see that coming right there's there are there's great characters in here and i saw i see that it says book one so i'm hoping there's at least two more <laughs> so, um yeah you have some great characters in there and you also do a really good job of of, of helping us to be not like some of the characters <laughs> like who uh well i did not like nunier for a long time <laughs> Right. Why? Yeah. How did you experience her at first? What did oh. you like? Well, you know, I think I experienced her. Well, definitely she's like the system, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm currently fighting this. Like, the, there's a couple of lines in there where you're like, uh, oh, I don't want to work for the chairs anymore. And I'm like, oh, I feel that all the way to my soul. <laughs> like, I love I loved when he starts, when she starts going, wait, 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 wait. Cause he's like, how dare you ruin this? This he's like protesting her. And she's like, hold on. You think you're on with them. You and I get paychecks from the same. She's like, how dare you think that I'm the outsider? <laughs> Did she turn for you? Did you start to like her? Uh, well, yeah, I started to like, I started to like her and then she put, you know, then she puts the handcuffs on Heenan right. and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, now this is lining up too much with my own world. It's really making me uncomfortable. Oh, see, this is why I think this yeah. is why it's so fascinating to me is we're talking about a fate, like planets and jobs and characters that were completely made up and we're getting to your story pain angst itchiness mm -hmm. battle which those other the other books and interviews and such were it never went this fast people right. were like almost like stays at the head like what do you mean by love wins um, what about this? Whatever. So what's fascinating to me is to create a, a, a just to make up a world in the future. And every interview, people want to talk about loss, joy, connection, location, geography, like, like what oh, you're yeah. talking about. These it fiction has this way of reading us. Because mm -hmm. I did lots of books that were right down the middle. This is my point. This is what I'm saying. This is my example. This is what I just said. And it's fine, but then 
we find out more about you from your reaction. You find out more about you from your reaction to New right? Day. I know. Fascinating. I know. I, I, I just, I just left the church I planted. I planted 13 years ago. I just left it a month oh, wow. ago. And so that that's the scene with the bread and then they all hold up the bread. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm cause I'm crying. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever do communion again with my, with, with, a, with people, with a body. And I'm like, horrible yeah yeah wow i'd never even see once again i'd never even connected that with communion yeah that never oh. crossed my mind yeah there's there's some good stuff in there i'm like uh and then when you get on the um when he gets on the um he goes to get on the spaceship and he says i don't recognize my planet anymore mm-hmm I'm like, oh, yeah. he's like leaving. Yeah, that feeling like his life there is over. And right, and like he gets this, he wants this out. And he gets yeah. it out. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. That, that was a good one. I, I'm like, I'm going to, that one's going to be up there with, uh, in Forrest Gump, when he says, sometimes there's just not enough rocks. Right. Yeah. I'm like, right. mm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be hearing that, that line for a long time of, mm -hmm. I don't recognize my planet anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, right, right. Just like this familiarity, familiarity, unfamiliarity. Yeah. Hmm. You do have a couple more books coming, right? <laughs> you do leave us with a little bit of cliffhanger there at the end good yeah so good. um okay who do you relate to more heen nunier or diltud oh i love them all i just love them yeah i don't think about it as relating I, yeah, yeah, I don't, it's like, it's interesting. There's no, like, they're all part of the same thing. Yeah. Delightful. Okay. Well, since Nunier was one of my irritating characters, <laughs> what do you like most about Nunier in that character? I, the, it's not aggression, the like, just going for it like tea house yeah okay and he just is like wait how do you and her discussion about trees and she talks to the bird <laughs> like everything and after a while he's like he just starts rolling his eyes because he's like my god what do you know something about everything <laughs> i just love that and how he is like the instantaneous connection with people and he thinks it's fake but he starts to wonder if maybe it's real and he's like how do, i don't understand how to do that and it just gets so annoying to him because there's just yeah. this instant um i just yeah i just 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 great to me <laughs> all the questions authentic and authentic is this just the job or is this actually the person all that it's yeah. fascinating because he's trying to figure like get a bead on he like almost like he's like he says at one point like there's a i assume there's a human in there who has a history yeah 
Yeah, because she never does. We never find out. Good, 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 good. All according <laughs> to the plan. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, that's why you her, have her being one. her being super super opaque is good. Good. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I I get the whole. I don't know how to jump up. I don't know how to. I see people out there who connect with others like immediately. They're like, oh yeah, I can read the situation. I can, I, I read the social cues. I get, you know, and that is definitely not my, it's, it's definitely a place where I struggle. So. Um, yeah. And he, he, he is like, is it, it's, she's pretending. So the whole baseline is, this is the job. So she's doing a job. So she's pretending, but he's pretending too. So any degree to which he critiques her, he's critiquing himself. And so she catches on and she's like, wait, you think you're not, she's like, look at you just making friends with everybody. She's like, wait, wait, wait. You don't think you're just as, she's just reflecting back to him, the inauthenticity at the heart of the work that they're both doing. But then he also is like, but I actually think there's a human, there has to be a human in there somewhere who, yeah, I, oh God. I mean, that's in some ways that all of us like. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what I, I was going to say, what, I know what surprised you the most about writing the book, but like, what were what surprised you most about um, the the grief that came out of this book, like? Like grief showed itself so clearly in the book. I mean, maybe you didn't intend for that to happen, but it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had this. I remember there was like a feeling of him flying around from planet to planet. At one point, he says something like 138 planets. This this feeling of all alone in the cosmos just going to the next like he says leaving show up do the thing leave yeah and the the void the abyss the darkness the dark night of the soul that existential ache that is part of the human experience that mm -hmm. just is <laughs> it just is and there's been a thousand stories and poems and songs about it but you probably I came from a world that got to keep moving, producing, working, performing, success, mm -hmm. uh, morals, character, service, honor. Um, it didn't know what to do with that. Just stay a step ahead of that. Just keep being good, being generous, being righteous whatever the words were you know what i mean like right. i didn't know what to do with that experience which has been so central to the human experience and it's okay it's okay it's part of it. it's okay and think about how much great art music reflection insight story compassion solidarity comes from not fighting it just but being yeah sometimes it feels like a Sometimes it does feel like a cold, dark universe. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, you know, there's good, all this good. Oh yeah, you know, we're all gonna be fine. You know what I mean? Like that, like 
just just the inability to just let that sit for a moment. Sometimes we're sad. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. but you know, then if you just let it passes through you, then you're fine. No, no, no. Sometimes we're sad. Stay there. Um, yeah. So probably my own learning. It's okay. It's part of it. It's okay. Yeah, I felt I felt the weight. Uh, and I don't I don't remember which character says it. it if it's Heen or Nune or whatever, towards the end, one of them says the comment, or maybe it was Del Ted, anyway, uh, the healing of the universe. Yes. And like, yeah, that's the weight of grief. It feels like the, it feels like you're trying to heal the whole universe. Mm-hmm. And who can do that? Right. Mm -hmm. Even even Borns, who's this just larger than life father, is just having a meltdown because his kid wants to, to build a house ten <laughs> feet away. I just love you can do you can do it all right, and you're still having a meltdown about something in your head that how it was supposed to be, and it takes mm -hmm. Lanzing going, uh, this sounds perfectly rational, and even Heen going, I never realized there might be a downside to living in. Like all of us, we're working so hard to do it right. And then mm. you still, still, like never saw that one coming. So just letting go of that whole thing. Let's letting go of that desperate need for it all to go a particular way. Mm. And loving it for what it is. Yeah. And that's, that is the hardest part. I think I appreciated that is the one part I did appreciate about Nune was the, you know, you should breathe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause she also strangely enough has seems to have a genuine, like, I just love that they seem to have some sort of connection that like, you're like, wait, this, this is never going to work. And yet she like, is like, no breathe. Like she actually has some sort of care for him. Yeah. And he has like a, he keeps going, God, I just hate her, but. Man, she's great. He's like, he's just so reluctant. Like, she really is like an extraordinary person. But God, I hate her. But man, she's great. <laughs> I just love that we're laughing about that. Yeah. Oh, I think we all have people we, <laughs> we, we, we'd love to hate them if they weren't, so, if they weren't so dang nice. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And my kid, my kids have helped me. Like, it's okay to be sad. Yeah, it, they've taught me a lot about emotion not being good or bad, just being emotion. It's telling you something. And like yeah. as a parent, no, I did so. I just wanted you to have the best life. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be sad. So just coming to see all, feel all the feels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's probably it's helping me see that that's probably something that's happening something that i was it's just a little, there's everybody's having all these feelings in this thing and even at the end when you find out that dill tud has like these vast reservoirs of of resentment and where did that come from and he's like talk about he's out to take down the system <laughs> like you don't he just seems like almost like he's got a head injury he's just this weird staccato strangely dressed man and you find out oh no something happened wouldn't that be interesting if we found out what happened that shaped him because he's like 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Wow, it runs deep with him. I wonder where that came from. So, yeah, I, I, his rant, I resonated with his rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who, who did, who do, yeah. who, or who will. Yeah. And I love, yeah. So, you're in your, one of your, one of your first questions, all, every, people having all these deep reservoirs of feeling pain, resentment, joy, longing, desire, hate. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That, yeah. That rings true. Yep. As opposed to, Oh, you got some of that. Well, here's how we can clean that up. Got to forgive them. Here's how we can get rid. Let's get you, let's get you sorted right. out and back out there. Right. Yeah. I, you know, and I think that's what I, I appreciated. Like none of the characters were shut down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Like, yeah. Like mm, they were. Wow, that, they were... Wow, that really hits hard for me. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And that, yeah. Yeah. And, and what's interesting as a reader is it's almost like they're like release valves. Like we love it. We mm -hmm. don't want the, like you think about like somebody recommends a show for you on whatever Netflix and you start watching it and then you just, you get bored and you stop watching and they're like, Hey, you check out that show. And you're like, yeah, I just couldn't get into it. Generally reason why we couldn't get into it is because there wasn't enough conflict. Mm. Like, we're, like what's who, nobody seems to want anything and there doesn't seem to be anything in the way of what the people want. So I'm out. I'll find another show that creates a proper <laughs> level of anxiety. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like when we, tune in to stories that's what makes a good story to us if there's nothing at stake and no one wants anything and nothing's in the way and anybody shut if someone's shut down we're like that's a problem in the story not like a goal right we'll look at so-and-so so I, so there's something about that that tells me that in our lives we almost like we skip over the best stuff because we're like oh i have to do this again as opposed to yeah i'm in a story here Whew. Hmm. all right well i have a i have a um a book hangover now <laughs> i said to my husband i have a book hangover he's like i don't know what that is <laughs> he's like i'm like it's a thing trust me it's a it's thing, a thing. <laughs> i'm like i need to go back that's probably why i don't read fiction last fiction book i read was three years ago and it was still alice <laughs> It took me so long to recover. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I need to reread this book again, but I definitely need to recover for a little while before I reread it. <laughs> oh my word! Um, so, anything you want to say, uh, like your own thoughts or questions you have about the book, or that's just uh, like you never. You never know what's going to arise in your life. And you never know when a chapter is going to end and a new chapter is going to start. And there'll probably be an in-between where the one thing is dying. But if there's a death, that means there's going to be some sort of birth. So even what you were talking about, about the things you talk on your podcast, something's dying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a direct relationship between grief and imagination. 
It's like allowing what was to properly pass through you. It's like you let go of what was, which is what then opens you to what wants to be next. And so you, yeah, don't fight the grief. You just, I picture it like waves, let it pass through because that's where the imagination and you have no idea what may come rushing in. And like mm. I do here in Ojai, people come and we sit for two days under these trees and people bring their question about their life. And then I ask them questions about their question. And I just watch people get clarity. And it's, it is absolutely the most wondrous thing. And the people are all from different backgrounds. I don't know anything about the person sitting across from me. So I hear their name. So everybody is meeting this person for the first time and people just like from all these different backgrounds. But when someone starts talking about listening for the what's coming, what's new, it's this is what we're all doing. So instantly there's it's just humans without any structure or institution, just listening and watching each other find clarity. And generally, oftentimes there's grief. And you can see it as soon as like the tears come or the person realize, oh, that's over. Yeah, have you grieved that? No, I haven't. Oh my God, you're right. So many tears. Yeah. And then you I literally have watched so many people go, wait, I know what's next. <laughs> and it's, it's how it works. So mm. yeah, who knew? Who knew that this would arise? And of course there'll be a, I love Dill Tud t-shirt and a tote bag that there's a piddle, piddle, piddle mug. Of course, all that's coming. Right. And of course, you'd be able to buy, buy the brown ball poster. I mean, that's just obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend that says, uh, um, curiosity, you know, curiosity and asking questions. And he, they, he said the, the, fruit, the root word of curiosity or curious is to cure and this idea of asking questions oh. is what brings us healing yes that's good yeah i've never made that connection yep yep yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, and i think that christian there's a, there's several places in the book where people say to, to heen oh you you ask a lot of questions, you ask a lot of questions. And I, I think that's partially why this book is so healing because there's 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 always questions. They're always asking questions and more questions and more questions. And it's like, it's invited and encouraged, ask those questions, which is ultimately. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because you get, you, you get answers. And that's the yeah. thing when people are like, oh, it's all so much of questions. No. If you're serious and you ask questions, then you get clarity and mm -hmm. you follow the clarity and new life arises. And then new questions will arise and you'll follow those. But you, you do get like the number of people I've noticed who are like, oh my God, I have always been a healer. What was mm -hmm. I, what was I doing? What was I doing as an accountant? That was fine. I'm very good at it. But I, I remember just recently a guy who 
worked a very technical job with lots of people who reported to him. He said he was often triple booked during the day, three different appointments booked at the same time, managing this whole team. And he said, all I care about is sitting across from the people who work for me and hearing how they're doing. And we watched him realize uh, he was uh, that there's something called hospice where you sit with people in the most difficult loss of life situations. And he was like, oh, that sounds like a dream job. And we just watched this guy realize, what am I, what am I doing? Why do I have a, a whole team of people? I would like to be over in that space. Like just realizing a whole thread, a whole life. Just wants to walk with people through difficult things. Hmm. But like, Oftentimes there's a thread in there. There's something, oftentimes it was set down in childhood because somebody said, you can't make money doing that. That's not legitimate. That's not high enough success, whatever, whatever. But yeah, you start asking these questions and you discover probably who you've been the whole time. Hmm. Yeah, it gets very interesting. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so when's your next, oh, hi. Uh Oh, You've got a couple coming up, don't well, you? There's, there's one in December. I think it's full, but January, February, March, April, I'll be under these trees. That'd be nice. And there won't be any snow. No, we sit outside. And the people from cold climates always sit. We sit outside because they always sit in the direct sun. So yeah. we just see the people in shorts and a t-shirt just sitting there, direct sun. The rest of us might be a little bit in the shade, but they'll just get blasted. And it's the best. <laughs> That's where I, well, I wouldn't be in the direct sun because, uh, you know, I'll, the sun just has to barely pass over me and I get burnt, but <laughs> I, I might be in shorts. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be yeah. the only one. Yep. So, man, this has been exciting. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, you, yeah. You, now there's all kinds of things you said that I was like, ooh, that's good. Let's go ahead and follow that. Yeah. I love how this works. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, have fun picking up your daughter. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Great to meet you. Great talking to you. Yep. Too. Bye. Enjoy the fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I will now. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.